I watched Civilization from 1915. This came out December 31st, 1915. It's going to be the last film of 1915 that I watch. You can go back through the podcast archives to listen to the other films. You can also go to Letterboxd, where I have my page there, and you can see a list I made there of the films that I've covered from 1915. And I have to say, of the 52 films I've now watched for the podcast, this one is in 52nd place. It's not terrible, but it is my least favorite of any of the films I've watched so far. It's not to say I hated it, not by any stretch. There were some moments I really enjoyed, but as a whole, it's a very heavy-handed, predictable platitude of a film. It's like that poster with the kitten saying, just hang in there. It's, it's that in movie form. The film opens in the difficult-to-pronounce and wholly fictional kingdom of Woodruprid, which, despite its phony name, is clearly meant to represent Germany. Woodruprud's king, a very Kaiser-like fellow, has been talked into declaring war by some of his aides, and he's delighted to learn that Count Ferdinand, a Woodruprudian, or a Woodrupution, whatever the term is, has invented a fantastic new war machine, which is the submarine. Off into battle goes the Count, who's been put in charge as the pilot of his new invention. Not always the case that the guy who invents the thing is also the pilot of the submarine, but in this movie he is. Meanwhile, back at home, the women of Woodruprud band together to form an anti-war coalition. They're saddened by the loss of their husbands, sons, and fathers to the brutality of the battlefield. And so far, it sounds pretty good. And at this point, I was on board. However, the film takes a real preachy turn. Count Ferdinand is ordered to launch a torpedo at a passenger boat, which he's told is secretly carrying war supplies. He's about to give the order to fire when he has a vision of the aftermath of his actions. And it's a great scene. You see the ship sinking. You see these innocent passengers dying. It's terrifying and effective, and it's really well shot. It's an exciting, grim depiction of war. We come back to him. He's had this vision. He's now unwilling to kill innocent people, so he refuses to give the order. The crew turns on him because they know. They've seen the order. They know that his higher-ups told him to do it, so he's basically being mutinous. And he attempts to fight them off. He kills some of the crew. There's a fight. And it ends up with the submarine being destroyed and probably the whole crew dying. So it's unclear that he really accomplished much. But seems that Ferdinand is dead too because we catch up with him in purgatory where he is hanging out with Jesus Christ. And Jesus tells him he's pretty sad about the war, that you did the right thing by not sinking the boat. And he lets them know that together they're going to solve this whole war thing. He tells him he's going to return to earth in the Count's body and take care of it. So back to the land of the living goes Ferdinand with Jesus along for the ride. Despite having a halo when he's brought before the king to atone for his crime, Ferdinand is sentenced to death for treason. And in jail, he's bathed by a light from a glowing star, and some nuns in a nearby convent are too. And although it's kind of a goofy story thing, it's a brilliantly executed scene. It's stunning. Like That moment of the movie is great. It looks beautiful. Pretty soon, the whole nation is seeing the same light, and the whole population... Apparently, the king hasn't, though, because he's 
still not on board with stopping the war, but the whole population just peacefully marches on the capital. You have this massive, completely peaceful get-together. Eventually, the king decides to visit the prisoner. This time around, he's awed by the presence of a higher power. Because while the king watches in shock, Jesus steps out of the count's body and guides the king through a vision of the horrors of war, culminating in a glimpse into Jesus's big book of sinners, I guess you would call it, which includes the king's name. Horse-struck, the king bows before Jesus and pleads with them for mercy. Jesus backs away and vanishes, and the king finds himself back in the cell with the count. Naturally, the king has been humbled and immediately announces the end of the war. While he does this, Jesus wanders the battlefield, blessing those who have fallen. In the streets, the mob of nuns rejoices, as do the citizens of the nation. Everyone, young and old, comes rushing from every nook and dell to crowd the city streets in celebration of peace. We're given a full seven minutes of rejoicing before the film closes. And as the blare of the war bugle is replaced by the shepherd's horn, the screen fades to black. The finale was the strongest sequence in the entire film. It's kind of the opposite of that Return of the King movie where the tacked-on celebrating the end just drags it to a grinding halt. In this case, the celebration was the highlight. It was great to see the citizens of Wurd Reprid rushing out. They were fun to watch, especially after this dreary, preachy middle section of the movie. Like the birth of a nation, civilization is a clear call to avoid the growing war in Europe. There's no you know, it's not complex. The subtext is very clear here. But somehow where the birth of a nation did it with this compelling vision of the atrocities of war and told an entertaining story at the same time, civilization fails in both regards. It beats the audience over the head with pacifist Christian imagery for an hour and change while never offering any plot behind war is bad. The this film was directed by three directors, but Thomas H. Inns was the primary director. He spent a year making the film, allegedly spent a million dollars doing so, though other reports say that was a Hollywood exaggeration to make it seem bigger than it was, and it only cost $100,000 to make. Whatever he spent, though, in my estimation, it was wasted because the film just isn't very good, although it made money, so maybe it wasn't wasted. But as far as making an enduring piece of art, in my uninformed opinion, but my opinion... It was a waste of money. I watched it on YouTube. You can watch it below if you like. The linked version includes the film's original score. Uh, despite being labeled as a 1916 film, Civilization premiered, like I said, on December 31st of 1915. I can think of a lot of things I would have rather done on New Year's Eve to usher in 1916 than to have watched this. But if I can go back in time, I would absolutely watch this in a theater just for the experience of seeing it in its pristine new form. And that that original score is pretty cool. It really fits the movie. So all in all, not a bad movie, but definitely my least favorite I've watched. Next, I'm going to watch Where Are My Children from 1916, directed by Philip Smalley and Lois Weber. 